All right. Hello, DGITG crew. Welcome back. Welcome back. It's your girl, Miss B. And it is Ted. I hope you all are doing well. We are very happy to be back here. Had to take a little break on some things and do some work, but we about to bring y'all another episode. All right. About to wrap up this uh, Fifth Street trilogy that we enjoyed so much. So yes, yes. Your favorite horror aunties are back. We're in full effect. And we already uh, did part one of the Fear Street Trilogy, 1994. Hope you got a chance to listen to it. If you did not, uh, please go listen to it on all our digital streaming platforms. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Podcasts. We're on Google Podcasts. We are on Anchor. We are on Pocket Cast. We're on Overcast. I feel like I'm missing another one. Breaker Radio. Breaker. I was a little skeptical because I think I mentioned before in the first one, this is based off the R.L. Stein books. Like this was like my book fair books. So it was kind of the way it was done as far as in book format, very PG-13 formatted. But when we seen it on the screen, whether that be your TV screen, your computer screen or whatever, uh, they cranked up the rated R-ness. So like, I was very pleased with that now that I'm an adult and not a child reading R.L. Stein books. Yes. I, so, I haven't I haven't read the book. So it was just a pleasure just to not know anything about it and just dive mm-hmm. into the films and, and see them for the, the stories that... Um, that were were created so i just i really enjoyed it like i i don't like i, I don't think i've read the rl stein fear street trilogy but i definitely read the goosebumps um story yeah. so i i just when when netflix was like it's on here i was like yes yeah we, we will be watching this so i mean we're all in the whole panorama so i'm down to watch whatever to keep my ass in the house um, and just keep my ass entertained I'm so and, and just people. to mention this again these books, as far as titles of um, 78, 94, was it 76 or 78? 78, 94, and 1666, mm-hmm. they weren't book titles, but it's just like he did have a whole couple of books. So, but like like you're saying, you still get an introduction to some level of Fear Street. So it's like you're, you're getting a whole take as, as far as fresh eyes. So like, that's cool, that's cool. Um, Yes. So I, um, again, like I mentioned, we had 1994 already broadcasted. So if you need to catch back on that, some of those uh, digital streaming services that I had listed, we are listed up there if you need to catch up on 1994. But we are going to segue into 78 and 66, mm-hmm. 1656 to be exact, and just tie everything up and like talk about it. And, um, Tut is a big, big fan of 78. Like I am. <laughs> I think we both like that old school 70s, 80s campy horror, but like she really loved it. And she told me out of the whole trilogy, uh 1978 was like her favorite one. So I'm not saying this, so I'm gonna let her sit here, but I'm gonna let her shine on this one because like <laughs> this, this is her shit. This is her shit. Okay. Yeah, so, I, um, I I really really enjoyed this one. Like it, it, it like just enjoyed all three of them as a whole. Um, but nine, something about nineteen seventy eight that I I just really really enjoyed. I don't know if it was the whole old seventies feel of it and and the the whole like you know 
summer it camp what, what thing. Was some, and what were some inspirational films that you like? Just kind of felt like kind of spoke into the spirit of this movie. I mean, I think instantly all of the Friday the Thirteenth, but especially like maybe the first three. You know, because they're they're in the forest and they're they're wearing you know the the outfits. You know, men wore short shorts and cut off shirts back then. It was it was just a really nice feel to it. Um, Motherfuckers was wearing crop tops, dude. Yes, they, they was. They was and short shorts. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it, they like the definitely. Video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> With them big long football socks and shit. Um. <laughs> But yeah, it it was it definitely gave me Friday the Thirteenth vibes. It definitely gave me sleepaway camp vibes. Like it it was just it was pretty cool. Um, and and it was good to see just a, another really good version of what Jason could be, or or another you know I guess not a copycat, but a, a different version. Or like maybe mm-hmm. a great value version of Jason, but he wasn't bad at all. Like I actually enjoyed the killer yeah. in this film. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah. it and just knowing like a little bit more background into the story, um, and and the development and the twists and turns of it, and all of the just like violence, like nobody everybody was gonna die like no nobody was excused you know like it it just was it, it just was good so yeah this one this one was yeah. definitely my favorite of the trilogy so okay um, so, so I guess we'll the, oh yeah no, no, 1994 mm-hmm. uh it, it ended with um C. Berman pretty much telling the kids like it never ends mm-hmm. and uh even though that movie ends, if we were to just have this continue, we continue into a setting of a camp. Uh, God, I forgot the name of the camp. Uh, it was Camp Nightwing. Camp Nightwing. Girl, you don't even know what one of the name of the camp I was going to give it. I need to know now because you know you always messing up names. I need to know what you was about to call it. Child was a kid. of um, I was Even though I was born in the very early 80s, you know, mm. I started my preteen, early teen shit in the early 90s. And I was going to think about Camp Anawana. You remember Salute Your Shorts on Nickelodeon, girl? Don't, do not, do not it. judge me. I was like, I was like, Camp Anawana. And I was like, that ain't it. That ain't it. That's why I was like, I diverted to you. No, ma'am. Um, <laughs> no, ma'am. No, it was it was Camp Nightwing. So yeah, we're, so to we're, all the we'll, kids, y'all remember Camp Anawana though, but it, I was wrong as fuck. It's Camp Nightwing. Um, <laughs> so we God. we start out with the scene where we have uh, someone being tortured, and if you remember from 1994, we got these two neighboring uh, neighborhoods, Shady Side and Sunnyvale. Shady Side is pretty much, uh, I don't want to say the ghetto, but like, it's like the part where the undesirables live, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And the undesirables are really based off of the people who live in Sunnyvale. Sunnyvale is supposed to be the idyllic, quote unquote, like uh, white picket fence, dog, family, just the nice shit. And so we are still seeing all of this uh, division trickle into the setting of this Camp Nightwing in 1978 and this shit, it just opens up. So we have one girl and uh, you can see she's pretty much being tortured by a group of people. 
she's kind of like hung up on a I don't know I don't know if it was a tree or something I it was, was just a like, tree yeah I was just like what kind of bullshit is this you know as a black woman when I see people hanging on trees I I really don't like it <laughs> um, right. yes yeah, so I was just like what the fuck and so you see like a group of kids surrounding her they're pretty much taunting her and uh I don't remember the exact verbiage that was used but they're pretty much like she's shady she's shady side trash you can tell they're from Sunnyvale and like they just pretty much don't want to fuck with her and we have one girl and um this girl's name I think we find out is Sheila and the girl that we know who was hung up her name is Ziggy right Ziggy yes Ziggy and um they're going to torture her and we don't know exactly and, and Ziggy's talking her shit or whatever like she's not backing down to these hoes and then Sheila gets a fucking lighter and takes it to Ziggy's skin and burns her and I'm just like why why is this happening and then we start to have the, um Excuse me, y'all. Sorry, my uh, phone charger had got apart. Sorry, I'm leaning back. We start to see camp camp counselors coming to intervene. It was pretty much like, stop this shit, like now. Stop it now. But even when they try to stop it, I felt like one of them tried to even still blame Ziggy, right? They they all still blame Ziggy. They 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 were confronting her because they accused her of stealing, of stealing some money. And so they all said like everybody saw Ziggy do it. Like, and I don't think she like she says she didn't do it, but they all say she did it and everybody saw it. Yeah, so so yeah. So that happened, and um, you know, they let her down and you know, Ziggy, she's just not with the bullshit. She's mm-hmm. still a teenager. She got a lot of angst. She's pretty much like, fuck all y'all. Mm-hmm. And she go about her business or whatever. So what's the main, most important things that happen? Because we have a lot of things that just kind of happen as far as details. I think the yeah. next biggest thing in, is like... In the movie, we we meet, like right after this, we wound up, well, here we're introduced to Nick, uh, Nick Good, who's a counselor there. We're also introduced to his brother, Will um, Good, who we know will eventually become Sheriff Good and Mayor Good back in 1994. Um, Right after they have their confrontation and Ziggy walks off and shit, um, then we meet Cindy, who is Ziggy's older sister. She's a camp counselor there. And she um, she's there with her boyfriend. Her boyfriend's name is Tommy Slater. Um, And they're basically getting everything prepared for students. You know, they're about to do like you know, summer camp and they got all kind of activities and shit going on. So we're introduced to them and they really, really like each other and things like that. Um, and so um, Ziggy goes to meet the nurse, um, Nurse Lane, because of, of her burn. Um, and so when she goes to meet the nurse, um, she sees there's a book on the desk and she realizes that there's uh, an article about the girl back in the, the 50s who killed herself and killed all her friends and things like that. Um, and then as she as Ziggy is talking to Nurse Lane, Nurse Lane basically let her know that, yeah, that that Ruby Lane was my daughter. Um, and I know that people around the camp talk about her and things like that. And I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Maybe she did. Maybe she killed for a reason, things like that. Um, and so she's like Wait, telling all this. Uh, backtrack a little bit as far mm-hmm. as a little bit of 994, just in case. So people can understand Ruby Lane and 
kind of who she was. So yeah, so for Ruby Lane, um, Ruby Lane was one of the shady side killers. Um, Ruby Lane, um, back in 1965, uh, murdered her friends and then uh, committed suicide. Um, and so the mother of uh, Ruby Lane is Nurse Lane. And so she's working at this, you know, summer camp with these kids. And um, she has this big old diary with facts about, you know, the witch and Sarah Fear and all this kind of stuff. Um, but she's, you know, discussing all of this information with Ziggy. Um, and then, you know, Ziggy leaves. And so a little bit later, um, what's her face? Uh, Cindy and Tommy, um, they're just talking and, you know, doing stuff and they're getting, like I said, they're cleaning the mess hall, getting stuff ready for the, the, um, the, the kids and nurse lane comes in and attacks him. She tells him, I saw your name on the wall. Um, either way it goes, you're going to die tonight one way or the other. And she attacks him. She tries to kill him. Um, and he winds up uh, knocking her unconscious, unconscious and she leaves. And so everybody's all friends are like, why the hell would Nurse Lane do this? And, you know, all this kind of stuff or whatever. Um, and she's led away from camp by the police. Um, Cindy's trying to talk to Ziggy about why, you know, the nurse would have did this and blah, blah, blah. And Ziggy is like, you know, you, you always want to explain stuff away and blah, blah, blah. And things are not that simple. You know, uh, Shady Side is cursed and I feel like it's very cursed and blah, blah, blah. And you don't really care about Nurse Lane. Um, Cindy thinks that Nurse Lane was on drugs. Like that's got to be an explanation for her to want to kill Tommy. And she's all concerned because, you know, Tommy, you know, is, is, I guess is afraid. Like, you know, why would this mm -hmm. woman, you know, do this thing to her? And and Cindy, Cindy's like the opposite. Like she is from Shadyside, but she, she looks like she's trying to make something of herself. She's, you know, very clean and proper and she wants everything done right. And she's all about following the rules, things like she's that. She's like that chick from like across the tracks, but like she wants to be in the Jack and Jill community. Mm -hmm. <laughs> wants to be in the sorority. <laughs> <laughs> No. Oh my goodness. So they um so while they're looking for drugs to see if you know that that's what the nurse was on, they find Nurse Lane's diary. Um and Nurse Lane's diary has all this information about so Alice and Cindy, they wind up finding uh like they're out there and they're like just investigating and having like different conversations about things. Um, but eventually Alice brings um Cindy to a wall. And it's so like she shows her like on this mm -hmm. wall has all these different names and it has all the names of the shady side killers carved into the wall and then it also includes Tommy's name and so Tommy, Cindy's Tommy like Slater. yeah Tommy Slater and so like Cindy's like well why would you put this on here and she was like why the hell would I carve his name in here and how would I carve it you know whatever so she thought she was joking with her yeah with her. exactly in the meantime Tommy had done separated himself from everybody else in the cave and just chilling up in there letting the voices do whatever the hell the voices do um and to, and, and to the people who and I don't mean to interrupt you and to the people who uh this might be your first time joining us, but if you go back or into the people who have listened to the first one, we had this same situation with uh, Ryan Torres. Oh, they killing, killing. <laughs> I 
I, you know, I, I thought, I thought 1994 because it was very scream like that the scream. killing just started happening like immediately. I liked the buildup for this one. Like this one didn't start up with a whole bunch of killing. Like we actually got to kind of see more, a little bit peek into the process. Like somebody has to put this person's name on this wall and like seeing Tommy throughout the day, like how he was slowly being possessed, possessed. and affected throughout the day. Um, I actually like to see that. But bro, when he pulled that X off the wall, that was it. He was in X Games mode. He was, he was, he was on it. Um, and so he just slaughtered this poor little child in front of Cindy and in front of Alice. And then he chased them and they wind up getting away in this cave or whatever. So they're all worried because they're trapped underneath everybody underground. And so Tommy has found his way out. So, you know, Cindy's concerned because, you know, her sister's still up there. And he got um, free range to the children. And yeah, this this man got all all the babies, all the bodies that he that he can do, that he can, you know, he he want to chop some bodies up. They, they, there's a way. Um, so he kills, you know, he kills Arnie. He goes up, he goes up and he gets ready to come back to camp to start his killing. Uh, in the meantime, um, like I said, Nick and uh Nick and Ziggy are pranking Sheila and they lock her in the outhouse and they get ready to kiss. And that's when Tommy reaches the camp. And when he reaches the camp, it's like in the middle of the color war. So the kids don't know what the hell is going on. Um, but Aww. he just slaughters this poor little one little boy. Who Let's was, talk about the kids. Who because was, these kids were middle school age kids. Yeah, they, they weren't no, any old kids at all. They had to have been like about anywhere between 11 and maybe 14 and years 14 old or max, something like that. 14 max and 14, like somebody had to get held back or something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I think in a lot of these slaughter movies, we see, we had a lot of older actors playing teenagers. Mm -hmm. So it didn't really feel like kids. But then when you think about when you were a child or a teenager, you're like, these motherfuckers didn't look like me. Like fucking Zach Morris and them mm -hmm. didn't look like me. Them kids from 90210 didn't look like me. Them fucking <laughs> kids fucking uh, Friday the 13th and, you know, Tina and them from Nightmare and Elm Street, mm -hmm. they did not look like they were 15. Like right. prepubescent children or children going into like puberty, may, it made me uncomfortable, but I appreciate it because I was just like- so Nobody I, I is excused from this. Mm -hmm. Yes, and they killed this little boy. Oh my God, and the poor baby. When he even like, and, but one thing I did appreciate is like when it, it was it was suggested kill because we didn't see the actual violence mm -hmm. happen to him because he was under the age of like fourteen or thirteen. It's so like they allowed that baby a little bit of grace. Mm -hmm. But the poor baby, he had a prepubescent scream. His voice was fucking cracking like fucking Mike Brady. Like <laughs> like it, it was fucked up. But yeah. Um, Tommy killed that baby. Yeah, Tommy killed that baby. Tommy killed some more babies. Like Tommy, Tommy was just doing a damn thing. Tommy um, was just that acts like <laughs> Tommy. Tommy was wielding that axe like he didn't know if he was gonna be alive tomorrow. He had to get it in. Um, and so he's he's just around the campus, just killing different shady side campers. Um, in the meantime. Cindy and Alice are underneath 
this, you know, this, this settlement, this campsite, uh, trying to use the, the witch's mark in the diary as a map for the cave so they can get out. While they're trying to get out, they come across this, I guess it was like a, a, a main cave or a main area in the mm-hmm. cave that looked like a pile of beating organs. Like it could have been like a heart or something like that, but it was just gross as hell. It was disgusting. And it was just nasty. Um, And so Alice touches it. Like it starts talking to her like Alice and blah, blah, blah. Because why the fuck would you touch Girl. some fucking oscillating fucking slime organs, blah, bullshit, why? My mama told me when I go to the store, don't touch nothing. Why the fuck would I touch that? Don't touch nothing. Don't ask for nothing. You ain't getting nothing. Like, why? I don't want to touch this. I don't like. I don't even know what this is, and why is it beating in a cave and pulsating and gooey and yeah. jumping and talking? It's just that that that's just not shit I see on my normal day to day. It's very foreign to me. So, like, for me to be like. That's how it wouldn't that's, be like. It wouldn't be how, like. That's how they end up dead. That's how they end up killed. Because they always gotta fuck with shit. Stop fucking with shit. If we go in a cave, first of all, we need to be focusing on getting the fuck out the cave. Because I don't want to be they in the cave underground. Second of all, it's it's a fucking beating organ in a cave. What 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 about this beating organ says it desires to be touched by you? Don't stop, mm-hmm. stop touching shit. But she touches it. She she gets these visions and flashback to all of the, the past shady side killers. You'll see a, a killer with a baseball bat and you see like a doctor looking killer and then you see Ruby Lane and you see this and you see that. And then she sees the victims. So she sees- And it's all the killers that we had seen in 1994 that had made appearances. That's correct. From the yeah. past, Yeah. Then she sees victims. She sees people like kids with their eyes, you know, uh, drilled out of, of out of their heads. She even sees Cindy as a victim, like she's dead. And so she freaks out and um, she's running all over places. She winds up injuring her leg. And so that gives them a chance, Cindy and Alice, that gives them a chance to kind of like talk about things. Because, you know, Cindy, not Cindy, Alice was really upset that she saw her being dead. And so that gave them a chance to talk and reconcile um, while they are trying to find their way out of the cave. In the meantime, while they're trying to find their way out of the cave, Tommy up there doing the damn thing like, you know, it ain't never been done before. He found a um, a, a campsite uh, uh, or a camp little area that had like three other little kids in it, and he killed those poor Pretty little babies. Like the other one, because yeah, like, you know, if you're 15 and up, I mean, you can get that work. But if you're mm-hmm. like 11 to 14, you can get that work too. Yeah, uh, he Tommy really was like, my ex is rated E for everybody. Like everybody can catch this. So. Um, so he's killing more babies and stuff. Um, and then Ziggy gets confronted by some of Sheila's friends. Remember, Ziggy and Nick pranked Sheila and locked her in the outhouse while all of this is going on. So Sheila's friends come up to her and like, bitch, what the fuck you did with our friend? Where the hell is she? So Ziggy's like, oh, shit, I got to go get this bitch out the outhouse. So they go in there. She go and finds uh, Sheila and they get into a fight and Ziggy knocks Sheila unconscious. So just as that happens, the counselor named Gary comes in there. Gary has got 
you know, he's just a, a little, you know, chubby, nerdy character, you know, whatever, but he's really nice. Um, so he comes to get them because, you know, Nick is like, you know, go find people. We need to get people out of this goddamn camp. Um, so Gary shows up, he sees Sheila, and then they hear Alice and Cindy underneath them uh, because they found the, the opening for the outhouse. So mm -hmm. they're screaming up and they're like, oh, get us out of here and blah, blah, blah. So they attempt to get them out of there. And then Tommy runs his ass up in the outhouse and attacks them and cuts Gary's head clean off. Clean the fuck off. Like clean in front the of fuck off. Yes. And so Gary's body goes down into the, the, the potty, into the toilet where... Alice and Cindy are so he falls on top of Alice and then they both fall down so now all three of these bodies are down Which there. is just traumatizing you got a whole headless horseman following your body <laughs> and I know it was heavy and the weight was heavy and the velocity it was some bullshit I didn't like it she called it being a headless horseman <laughs> it was a lot <laughs> I was so traumatized I mean <laughs> fucking sleepy hollow head ass um so right? <laughs> so that happens and then cindy just becomes like beside herself because that means ziggy up there trying to get away from tommy and stuff by herself um so ziggy winds up running out and she runs into nick and then they run away you chop this goddamn head off with the shovel like after he had done already been stabbed and shit like no don't talk don't talk near this man get, get away from this body um anyway Alice winds up catching up to them. She found the witch's hand while she was down there. Um, so she wound up digging it out. And so they make the plan to bury the hand with the body because, you know, according to the diary, it says, you know, the curse won't stop until, you know, the hand is reunited with the body and all this kind of stuff. So mm -hmm. they decide they're going to try to end the curse. They're going to try to get the hand together with the body when Ziggy starts bleeding you know the whole nosebleed thing like sam and dina did you know and she bleeds on a hand and she sees all these different visions of sarah uh fear um and she says i saw her she looks angry like when i saw her she looked angry and by this happening it starts to trigger more of the curse so not only like does it trigger the curse but it also triggers all of the other shady side killers to resurrect tommy kills alice before they can leave um and and something that was very interesting was tommy killed alice because y'all said he knocked his head off he had a um like a sack on his head Yes, he did. Just, just Which, like uh, I would like to, I would like to bring up later on because it's it's very reminiscent of something else. Mm -hmm. He sure but did. Like, go ahead. Um, and so in that guys. So um, he kills Alice. Cindy winds up decapitating him, um, and then they run to the tree where Sarah Fear was hanged. Um, and the killers are after them. So the, the killers are looking for them and Nick is out looking for Ziggy because he don't know where she at and he's all worried and shit. Um, so they dig around the tree for the body and they find a rock buried underground that says 
the witch forever lives. So that means they don't know what a damn body is. They don't know what, you know, what a body is so they can put the, the hand and the body together. So when they see all of the killers together, Cindy puts together that they're after her because she bled on the hand. She tells Ziggy, run the hell off. You know, I'm going I'm to stop these people while, you know, you run off or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Tommy, you know, granted, she just decapitated his ass. He come running through there. Like, I mean, he come running like he had done just woke up from a nice nap and was taking a nice leisurely jog. Like, what? nothing wrong with him. And he just jogging over there. All the killers coming up in that area. And so she tries to fight Tommy off. Who were the other two killers? Because we, I think it was... Um... It was uh, Ruby, Ruby Lane. Mm-hmm. It was um, the I it was dentist. Two, two of the male killers. It was. One of them was the dentist. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one who stabbed Ziggy. Um, was the other one like the choker or the the other one was that little funny doll face looking man with the baseball bat? The the little boy? Yeah, yeah, with the baseball bat. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then Tommy. It was a lot. I mean, there was, oh my God, you just feel so bad. So Cindy, <laughs> she's like trying to fight off Tommy, but while she's fighting off Tommy. Ziggy's trying to run away and a dentist man catches up to her and stabs her in her side. And while that's happening, Ziggy looks over to see her sister being yeah. murdered by Tommy. I mean, and he is just stabbing I, I mean, just out of her. Like, like he literally was, yeah, he was, he was literally just axing her like she was firewood. No, like, no, no. Well, she didn't chopping, ask, chopping. She getting stabbed. No, because she one was, of them was getting stabbed and one of them was getting was, Cindy was getting axed because she confronted Tommy so Ziggy could get away. Ziggy okay, yeah. her, was getting stabbed by the dentist. Yeah. So they're 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 like they're not too getting far from together. each other. They're getting killed together. And it's such a sad scene. Because, it's a sad, you know, beautiful scene. Because they just had like reconciled and was like, you know, we ain't gonna be apart no more and blah blah blah. And so the whole time Cindy laying on the ground getting an axe pummeled in her over and over and over, she just telling her sister her we will never be, you know, pulled apart again. And they literally die right there together. It was giving me very much fucking uh Maki Dada, nothing mm-hmm. else but keep us part, <laughs> color purple vibes. <laughs> Maggie yeah. Was it not? I was just like, these bitches are dying together. I was like, this is this is freaking tragic. Like, this is awful, you know. And it, it and it was it was repetitive, like axe movements and uh, knife stabbings. Mm-hmm. I was just like, and they're watching this together, and they're yeah. looking at each other, and they are dying together. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, yeah. Oh, oh, Fear Street ain't with the bullshit. No, they're not. They they was like, y'all gonna catch all this violence. Y'all gonna catch all of it. So they died. They died together. And then Nick runs up and he starts administering CPR to Ziggy. And that's how she saves her. So you remember in 1994, um, the woman mentioned, like the kids found an article about C. Berman and found out that she died for like two minutes. Um, so then you realize that C. Bergman 
is actually Ziggy. And so the kids are like, so you're Ziggy? And then she's like, yeah, I'm Ziggy. And then we find out as, you know, the story of 1978 is wrapping up that her real name is Christine. Mm-hmm. And so she, she has survived. She has survived this whole little tragedy. Um, and that she thought that Nick was going to believe her, that, that Nick was going to support her. You know, she said every time, every person I told this story, I told it exactly how I'm telling y'all. Um, but I couldn't see no more. I couldn't see Nick no more after that. Cause you know, Nick had a destiny and Nick was, you know, supposed to become sheriff of the town and you know, all this kind of stuff or whatever. The golden boy. Yeah, exactly. Um, but then she tells them again, you know, this curse is never over. Y'all need to run away, take Sam, um, do whatever y'all need to do, but y'all need to get out of this town. And so Dina tells her, we found the body. And so now if you still know where the hand is, we can end the curse. So, you know, back, they find the, they find like the tree, they actually, you know, where the tree is. So the tree is currently located in the shady side mall. And so they go to the shady side mall, they dig in the area about a tree, the hand is still there. They take the hand, bring it to the body that they found out in, in the forest, um, not in the forest, in the woods back in, you know, the first movie, 1994. Yes, wrapped all up in the, 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 the football jacket and stuff. Dina puts the hand with the body and all of a sudden you get all of these different like images are happening. Like you, you, you see all of these different images and things like that. And then the next thing you know, you see that Dina has been transported to the past and like she's just looking like what the hell but you see her also like you see who she is you see who dina is but from the reflection in the water that she's standing over yeah um the reflection in the water you see that she is a different woman and so somebody um calls her name and they they call her name as sarah fear and she turns around and then the movie goes off so yeah, she's so she's back in fucking 1966 as Sarah. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, 1966 as Sarah Fear. Let's talk about just 78 before we even transpire onto 1666. Absolutely, because I, I got I got questions. <laughs> I, got, I got questions about 1978. I think they did a phenomenal job as far as uh, if you didn't catch it, if you are a true horror movie fan, you can definitely see where they paid homage to uh, definitely the Friday the 13th movies. We had the reference of uh, Tommy Slater. Mm-hmm. And if you knew the movies, we had Tommy, Tommy Jarvis, mm-hmm. who was in, uh, I want to say parts, was it four, five, and six, or just five and six? Parts four, five, and six. And then we had uh, Alice, who was in parts one mm-hmm. and the beginning of part two. The beginning of and part two. And then there was, there was definitely another part, um, I guess after Tommy got decapitated, um, there was a period where he was wearing like some kind of burlap sack over his head. Mm-hmm. And there was a period I want to say was that, I want to say it was part two of uh, Friday the 13th where Jason, before we had Jason wearing the uh, eponymous uh, hockey ski mask, mm-hmm. where he was wearing this burlap sack with the eye cut out. Yes, and, uh, that was, that was part that Tommy, two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was something that Tommy Slater was doing. So like I had pieced that and I was just like, I seen what you did and I like that shit. I like that, like paying homage to 
the classics because yeah. it was it was very much giving like that campy 1970s early 80s type of vibe not just the part of the 13th like we saw a lot of uh homages being played to um those series but like Tut mentioned earlier Superboy Sleep- Camp and I think you could take a lot of things away from like even a lot of B movies or whatever mm-hmm. so um I really did appreciate that. Another thing I appreciated was, uh, I know this is going to sound so fucked up, but it's not supposed to be. Like, I appreciated the fact that, because before, back then, you know, we didn't really want to push the envelope. And again, like how we said, like, these quote-unquote kid actors, they was really grown-ups. So, like, killing quote-unquote teenagers, but we knew they was, like, 30-something, didn't seem so bad. But this one... They was killing kids, and we was like, "Oh, these is kids, kids! Like y'all killing like middle school kids. Y'all are killing kids who uh they ain't even started fucking pre-algebra. This is crazy." Because right? <laughs> like, but but what they did was suggestively kill them. We didn't get the violence like we got with, you know, what they did to Alice and Ziggy and uh you know just some of the other characters. It was suggestive, and but it was just like. Oh, this is what y'all doing. So um I thought it was I thought it was pretty great. Like, and it just kind of helped us understand a little bit more. Cause like 1994, I think when you first see that, you're just like, okay, I kind of understand, but like, huh. And I think as we continue to travel on into this journey of this trilogy, we will understand even more. Um Tom, is there anything else you want to add as far as 1978? Yeah, uh, my question was, uh, so a couple of questions I had that we eventually answered um, throughout the, the, the recap. Um, my first one was, my first one was, why are y'all talking around the killer? Stop, stop doing that shit. When you kill somebody, get, just get the fuck from around them. Like, get, just get the fuck. Make, make it hard for them. I mean, we didn't all see these horror films. You know, we we we've seen what supernatural killers can do. Stop do stop doing stupid shit like dropping your weapon, and and stop doing shit like you know feeling comfortable enough to let your guard down around these killers to have conversations. That that shit never winds up well. Because um, let me tell you something, I'm not gonna do. Mm-hmm. Tut me and you, we could have stomped a nigga out. I mean, stomped him to the white meat, the blue meat, the red meat, the green meat. I don't even know what color meats it is. <laughs> but I, 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 I will never stomp that nigga out and like just hug you and be like, oh, we did it. No. No. Girl, we're going to set the body on fire and we're going to leave. Thank you. That, that, the body, if he faking, he gonna be upset with himself. And while the body's on you know. fire, I'm gonna shoot it three more times. Right. We, we, and, 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 and you stab it just for good measure. I don't yes. say. He Cut gonna, the he head gonna, off and we gonna drown the head in the body so the we, head can't breathe. Yes. I'm not saying we cutting off parts. We cutting off additional parts. We we gonna get them parts and then we gonna bury them in different places. Like we ain't just like we we ain't just like oh lord he lying on the ground and now we get to relax hell no and that's we're gonna no. take a good shower we're gonna get the best therapy money can buy because we're gonna need that shit because <laughs> we're gonna be fucked <laughs> fucked all the way up fucked all the way up in the head like i'm gonna need some good ass fucking sleep drugs just to sleep for a little mm-hmm. bit 
Um, my other question was why Tommy? And I, I don't know well, if we like discussed this. I don't remember if we discussed this before. I think we part. did have a short conversation about mm -hmm. this. And I think actually after we wrapped up 1666, mm -hmm. this might be a good conversation because um, we were just kind of wondering why the picks got picked. And mm -hmm. um, through my further investigation, I couldn't see a reason for these picks. Mm -hmm. So maybe after we go through 1666, maybe something will jog our memory. We can figure it out. Okay. But I just think um, this was just random fucking privileged pilgrims just like, I pick you. Right, I pick you. Pick you random person. You I'm about to fuck your life all the way up because mm -hmm. I can't. Yeah. Um, my, my third question was, let me. So in the beginning, when, when 1978 comes on, we are in C. Bergman's house. C. Bergman has a house of clocks. And all of these different clocks have different labels by them. You know, this, 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 this alarm goes off so she can feed the dog. This alarm goes off so she can watch Jeopardy. This alarm goes off so she can go to the grocery store. This alarm, she have these, all these fucking clocks in this house. Why? She needed to be on the most regimented schedule. So like she probably had alarms for like every aspect of her life to just kind of keep her on point because she is, she's probably got an anxiety level of like 9,000, like a super saiyan. And like, she just needs to know what's going on at all times. Mm -hmm. But even then I would just think if you really felt like, you know, a witch is killing you, is being on schedule really gonna help you? And this is where I think when we get to the end of 1666, we can talk about some holes and like maybe some possible opportunities this movie could have taken. Because I did see some things where I'm just like, I don't know if like the budget ran out or whatever, or like you just could not explain. And um, I don't wanna give it away right now because I would like to give it away at the end of 1666, our discussion because we can talk about kind of what happens at the end of this movie. That's probably one of the, the big aspects of 1978 that bothered me. Like, if y'all were going to put these clocks in here, like, I needed to know why. Because, because they made it such a big part of who she was. I, I kind of needed an explanation. And I would hope anyone who is watching this, and if you want to share this to anyone who is well-versed in this movie or part of this production please share this with them with the don't go in there girl podcast we have questions we would like them to know if there's any situation where we could get in touch with people and just know things we just would like to know because we just have to satisfy our curiosity because we are true horror movie lovers and we want to share this with some of our friends and followers and people who are just part of this community who also have questions just like us so i also please. have one last question and then we can sure. definitely move on to 1666 um so ziggy and nick pranked sheila locked her in the outhouse Sheila went to go get, uh, not Sheila, Ziggy went to go get Sheila. They had a fight. Ziggy punched Sheila and knocked her unconscious. Gary came in. They found Alice and Cindy underneath the outhouse. They were trying to get them out, out through the, the outhouse toilet. Tommy comes in. 
cuts off Gary's head. Gary's body goes into the the area underneath the outhouse with Cindy and Alice. Yes. Mm -hmm. Tommy and and Ziggy scrabble or whatever, but she escapes. Where the fuck is Sheila? You know where Sheila ain't, though. Sheila ain't where she's supposed to be. Sheila's supposed to went to Atlanta, like me. <laughs> I'm like, what happened to Sheila? Are, are we supposed to believe that Sheila that Sheila still time. Sheila is she is Sheila still unconscious in that outhouse since 1978? Did she make it out? Did she have PTSD? Did she fall down out? Like I I have a question because I don't think we saw Sheila anymore after that. We didn't. We didn't see Sheila. Where? No, we didn't. I'm agreeing yeah. with you. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, what, what, where was she? Like, did you know what? Though? Are, do we assume that Tommy found her unconscious and killed her anyway? Do we assume that Tommy never saw her? I and, think we can assume, and I think I think after we discussed 1666, we kind of have some open ended questions but i'm gonna tell you this bitch i would have been like fake dead as a motherfucker and like but you know what he he's supernatural he is spirit so i feel like he could feel if i was alive but let mm-hmm. me tell you something i would have been fake dead like a motherfucker mm-hmm. when i felt that nigga got a, a few paces north or northwest <laughs> bitch i would have high-tailed it on the fastest road and that was 1978 mm-hmm. so you could do one of these and she white and like a nigga would have picked you up. Girl. Let me don't, don't, don't hit her. I would have fucking had a fucking New York Times bestseller, all that shit. And if she didn't do that shit, I don't know what to tell you. Don't hit Chica Queer. That's 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 more movies. There's no that's, that's more horror. No, girl, that's 1978 when you white. I'm not I'm not saying 1978 when you're black. That's totally different. 1978 when you're white you know they would have been like hell yeah get the car <laughs> <laughs> oh my god no we don't need no more no don't do that <laughs> yes okay uh-